It's six o'clock straight up. Let's it's go okay, ahead. And, it's only this one. Let's go ahead and get started. So welcome everybody to the Wednesday, April 5th, 2023 formal meeting of the Iowa City Planning and Zoning Commission. For a sake of attendance, we'll show that Pad Commissioners Padron, Townsend, Hench, Signs, Elliott, and Craig are present. Um, uh, Chad is not here yet. When he, if, when he comes in, we will uh, announce his presence for the purpose of the minutes. For uh, next item up, if there's a, this is public discussion of any item not on the agenda. If there's anybody in the audience who'd like to address the commission on an item not on the agenda, now is your opportunity. Anybody like to address the commission? Seeing no one come up to the podium, we'll go on to the next item. Under development items, first item up, number four, case number SUB22-0019. The location is east of Camp Cardinal Road and north of Gathering Place Lane. This is an application for a preliminary plat for Western Home GPD of Iowa City at 31.65 acre subdivision containing three lots in one outlot to accommodate 35 single family units, eight duplex units, 38 multifamily units, 20 townhome style units, one assisted living building, and neighborhood commercial uses. And Kirk, is this yours? That is, thank you. <clears throat> uh, Kirk Lehman, Associate Planner, uh, and as the Chair mentioned, Tonight's agenda, I'll be going over the Western Home GPD of Iowa City preliminary plat. Uh, it is east of King Cardinal Road and north of Gathering Place Lane, so I'll show an area, or an aerial in a second, and the number is sub 22-0019. So here is an aerial of the map. As you can see, it's one of the large undeveloped areas east of 218 that's remaining on the west side of the river. Uh, it should look relatively familiar because it came before you as a rezoning recently. So this is the preliminary plat aspect of that. Uh, there are single family homes to the north and east, some multifamily uses in a church to the south, and then some undeveloped land to the west that was recently subdivided in the Cardinal Heights subdivision. Uh, there are also two smaller homes as well. Uh, in terms of zoning, I did want to just note that there's an error in the zoning map in the packet where there's been some recent rezonings that weren't reflected in that. So this is an updated rezoning exhibit for you. Uh, you can see that to the north and south are uh, RS5 OPD, which is low density multifamily residential with a plan development overlay. Uh, the south also has some low density multifamily residential in addition to that single family residential. Uh, and then to the east, you have some rural residential or RR1, and then to the west, uh, it's predominantly low-density multi-residential RM12. Uh, and a lot of the areas around here have an OPD, that plan development overlay, and that's primarily because there's uh, significant sensitive features uh, within this area. Then there's also a small uh, interim development residential zone, which is kind of a holdover, uh, and that is uh, what some of this property was also zoned previously. So it was recently rezoned to RS8. So the purpose of this preliminary plat is to allow a senior uh, housing project. It would have a mix of housing types as well as a mix of uses, including some commercial uses. Uh, like I had mentioned, it previously came before you uh, and was approved on February 7th, where it was rezoned to medium density single family residential with that plan development overlay. Uh, as part of that rezoning, it had two conditions. Uh, one is that the owner must contribute 50% of upgrading Camp Cardinal Road uh, between Gathering Place Lane and the extension of Deer Creek Road. Uh, and that does include the cost of the traffic circle. That would be as part of that. Uh, and then second is that there is on-street parking, which I'll mention uh, later in this presentation, and that they would have to maintain that 
uh, as well. Uh, with the rezoning, because of the sensitive features, there was a uh, preliminary plan development overlay plan and a sensitive areas development plan that were approved as part of that rezoning. Uh, and one other thing I did want to notice is, did want to note as background is that um, the applicant does own most of the subject property, but there is a small portion um, that is still owned by St. Andrew Presbyterian Church. So staff does anticipate a future boundary line adjustment uh, that would allow the acquisition of that piece of property, and I'll point it out to you. Now, that boundary line adjustment is an administrative uh, is an administrative process, but then that would be incorporated into the final plat and in, it, it platted uh, through that methodology. So, in terms of the actual layout of the preliminary plat, uh, as the chair said, it's 31.65 acres, and it would have three lots and one out lot for that senior living use. Uh, has a range of different housing types, including some single-family units, some duplex units, some larger multifamily units, some townhome-style multifamily units, and then an assisted living facility, uh, in addition to some small-scale neighborhood commercial uses. Those would all be located on these three lots. So it's not platting off individual lots. Uh, the land would be uh, commonly owned uh, and, and made it as a condo um, or under a single ownership. Uh, the outlot and the portion that we expect to, to be added into this project through a boundary line adjustment is that small uh, roundabout terminus at Gathering Place Lane. So you can see it to the east. It's kind of a, a small extension. And I don't know. There we go. It's this small portion of land. So that's an addition from the, the, the OPD plan that you saw. It was reflected on that OPD plan, but it wasn't included as a separate lot at that time. Um, in addition, uh, as far as road networks, there are extensions of Deer Creek Road and Camp Cardinal Road uh, that are incorporated as part of this, as well as the improvement of Camp Cardinal Road that I discussed. So that improvement would be between Gathering Place Lane and Deer Creek Road. Uh, and then there are also two cul-de-sacs and one loop street that are included in the plat. So with regards to consistency with the comprehensive plan, uh, there is no district plan for this area, uh, which is the Northwest Planning District but the comprehensive plan shows it as two to eight dwelling units an acre, uh, residential, and it is approximately 3.7 dwelling units per acre as proposed, so it falls within that range. It also does meet uh, a number of different goals uh, in the comprehensive plan that are enumerated in the staff report, but it includes things like, it includes a diversity of housing types, uh, it does add connections to existing neighborhoods to the extent possible, uh, including street connectivity. Uh, it is an infill lot, so it is a contiguous neighborhood uh, and tries to be pedestrian-oriented development with sidewalks and with some neighborhood commercial destinations within there. And then it also does preserve uh, sensitive features as well through its sensitive areas development plan. So with that, it, it does, cons uh, does further many aspects of the, the city's comprehensive plan. Now in terms of the design of the subdivision, uh, it very closely follows what you saw in the OPD plan that was approved previously with more intense uses to the south and west and less, less intense uses to the north and east, which is similar to, to the surrounding uses uh, that you see. In terms of access, the primary access would be from Camp Cardinal Boulevard uh, via Camp Cardinal Road, so it would be a single point of access at the beginning, but the southern portion we're expecting secondary access as Deer Creek Road is extended over to Camp Cardinal Boulevard again, uh, and that would occur as part of the Cardinal Heights subdivision uh, that was recently approved as well. 
Uh, I did mention that the plat includes some on-street uh, diagonal parking, which is a bit unusual. Uh, and because the city uh, isn't uh, really geared to handle that kind of maintenance, um, a, a condition of the rezoning was that they would need to maintain those diagonal on-street spaces. Uh, and then again, with the Gathering Place Lane extension, it does terminate at the St. Andrew property uh, with a temporary turnaround, but it does allow for future connectivity should the east portion of the St. Andrew's property to the south develop. Uh, and I did just want to refresh you on that uh, sensitive areas development plan again. So it was approved at the time of rezoning and it was required due to wetlands, woodlands, a stream corridor and regulated slopes. Uh, and it was a level two sensitive areas review. So it did come before you as the commission. Uh, and that was primarily because of the reduction of the wetland buffer. So on the screen before you, the upper right shows the woodlands in green, stream corridors and wetland buffers in blue. And then the bottom left picture shows regulated slopes with that red dotted line on both of the exhibits showing the construction construction limits. Uh, and the preliminary plat does include elements of the SADP, including those construction limits, uh, in addition to uh, a conservation easement as well. With regards to neighborhood open space, uh, we. We do require, as the city, uh, a dedication of open space or fee in lieu of land dedication at the time of preliminary platting for residential subdivisions. It's based on the needs of, of uh, generated by proposed residential developments. A Western home has requested a fee in lieu of public open space in this case. Uh, and that amount uh, is equivalent to 1.08 acres of dedication, uh, which based on a recent appraisal is approximately $140,000. So that is the anticipated fee, but that would be dealt with at the time of final platting. With regards to stormwater management, there are two new stormwater basins that are proposed. One is in the southwest corner of the plat, which is near the intersection of Camp Cardinal Road and Gathering Place Lane. And the other is in the arc of Gathering Place Lane to the south of that, if you will. Uh, and those would connect into existing basins on the St. Andrews site. Uh, Public Works has reviewed and approved those preliminary stormwater plans, but those would be finalized at the time of final platting with other construction documentation. And with regards to the water distribution, excuse me, water distribution system, uh, the property can be serviced by water, uh, but because there is a relatively large uh, cul-de-sac there, or what is essentially a cul-de-sac until there's future connectivity along Gathering Place Lane, uh, we do require that that be looped uh, in order to provide redundancy for water supply and some other benefits like ensuring uh, uh, water pressure and, and things of that nature. Um, so the plat does show a private water easement that does run along the south edge of this property and it does also run partially into the St. Andrew property. Um, but Public Works has reviewed those and, and believes that those look like uh, adequate locations for it. And our understanding as staff is that there has been an agreement reached with St. Andrew to allow that to, to occur. But that would all, again, be finalized at final platting. Uh, and then there are some anticipated infrastructure fees as well, including water main extension fees and sanitary sewer tap-on fees. Uh, it is a little unusual because there are two different sanitary sewer districts that it's plugging into, but uh, information on that is included in the staff report. And then finally, I did want to mention that we received some correspondence, uh, specifically from a Mr. Ventling, who wanted to make sure that developers know the area is important to native wildlife and vegetation, and then also encourages scaling back where possible 
uh, to conserve habitat and or increase building density to minimize disruption to land during construction. Uh, I did forward that correspondence to you and you do have it in front of you today if you would like to peruse that again. So based on this analysis, staff does recommend approval of sub 22-0019 uh, application by Western Home Independent Living Services for a preliminary plat uh, for Western Home GPD of Iowa City, which is a 31.65 acre subdivision with three lots and one outlot for a senior living community uh, with 35 single family homes, eight duplex units, 38 multifamily units, 20 townhome style units, one assisted living facility with approximately 32 beds, and some neighborhood commercial uses located east of Camp Cardinal Road and north of Gathering Place Lane. And in terms of next steps then after your recommendation tonight, um, it would be considered by council, which based on current timing staff would anticipate in April of 2023 uh, at their next meeting. And then following that, it would be a matter of final plat approval by council and then staff reviews that would include the final sensitive areas development plan, the site plan review, uh, and the building permit review. And that concludes my presentation to staff, so I'm happy to answer any questions you have. Thank you, Kirk. Uh, first off, for the purpose of accurate minutes, please note that Commissioner Wade is present for the meeting. And does it do any members of the commission have questions for staff on this particular application? I, I have a question. So there's a wetland in the middle, and that will be the development will be responsible for maintaining that, right? Is that right? So the development would be in charge of maintaining its own land. In, in terms of what would be required specifically for the wetland, um, as part of the SADP, it's that there's a buffer there essentially and that it, it's protected so that there's not encroachment within the buffer. Or are you talking about stormwater? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, they would, they would, be, <laughs> they would be required to maintain that stormwater basin. Okay. Thank you. Any other questions for staff in this application? Seeing none, we'll go ahead and open up the public hearing with the applicant or the applicant's <coughs> representative, if they're present, if they'd come forward and give their presentation if they have one. Good evening, uh, Mike Welch, Welch Design and Development, um, here on behalf of uh, Western Home Communities. Um, Kirk, thank you for running through all that. I know it's all. <laughs> A lot going on there. Um, I think I don't know that I have a whole lot more to add than what you saw tonight and what you saw when we did the um, the concept plan at during rezoning. Um, the one thing I will address with Mr. Ventling's comment um, regarding preserving areas and and the um, habitat and whatnot um, in the area between on the south side of Gathering Place Lane between the back of the single family homes and the um, stormwater detention basin. We are, um, that's pretty steep, steep. There's about a 30, 35 foot change in elevation there. Um, so we are working with a, a local um, um, ecological consultant and looking at doing that in the native plantings and, and some things that way to one, protect those slopes and also um, avoid having to have just a big um, area of, of lawn that needs to be mowed and maintained. Um, so we're looking at doing that. Um, in addition to the, we are preserving those wetlands and protecting those wetlands and uh, looking at doing some things in the existing woodlands as far as um, woodland restoration and, and ma managing that that way. So a little, um, little non-typical than what we see in a, in a subdivision. You know, usually when there's multiple owners, we have an opportunity 
to kind of address that differently on this one. Um, so with that, I guess if anyone has questions, I'm happy to answer those. Mike, um, that um, turnaround in the southeast corner of the, the drawing, has that property been uh, acquired or is that still in the works? No, there's a purchase agreement in place, and so now we are just waiting on that boundary adjustment to right. get handled. Any questions by members of the commission of Mr. Welch? Seeing none, thank you. Right, thank you. Is there, any, is there anybody else who'd like to address the commission on this application? I just have one question for staff. Um, there's nothing currently in any of the zoning ordinances regarding wildlife habitat or restoration of wildlife, is there? I don't recall ever reading anything about that. No, I think we kind of think of our sensitive areas ordinance as a proxy for that. That's the closest but, thing we would but have. But it's not specifically mentioned, correct? Right. All right, thank you. Anyone else in the public would like to address the commission on this application? Second call. Seeing none, we'll close the public hearing. Is there a motion on this agenda item? Move, Move to approve. Got a motion by Elliot. Is there a second? I'll second. Got a second by Townsend. Discussion? Maggie, since you motioned, if you have any comments, you get to go first. No comment. <laughs> I guess my only question is these new units, and they're all going to spill out into Cap, Cap Cardinal Road. Is there any chance that that Deer Creek Road is going to be extended? There was... We, we, the city council has approved the final plat for Cardinal Heights subdivision, which Kirk just mentioned. They would need to move forward with developing that infrastructure and moving forward with, you know, developing that project. Um, I don't know what their timeline is for that, though. And Camp Cardinal can get awful busy certain times of the day. Okay. Any further discussion by members of the commission on this application? I'm good with it. I mean, it's just, it's the next step of something that we talked, spent a lot of time thinking about and talking about just a couple months ago. So I'm very familiar with it. Very good. Seeing none, we'll um, call the question. All those in favor of this application signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, the motion is passed unanimously, seven to zero. Item number five, SUB 23-0002, location is southwest corner of Slothauer Road in Melrose Avenue slash IWV Road Southwest. This is an application for a preliminary plat for Melrose Commercial Park, a 62.22 acre commercial subdivision containing eight lots. And Parker, looks like must be yours. Actually, this one's mine. Darn Parker's it. next. Never. <laughs> <laughs> Close. <laughs> So as the chair, Ann Russett, Neighborhood and Development Services, as the chair mentioned, this is another preliminary plat um, for a commercial development. Um, this should be pretty familiar to you. This is an aerial of the project site. It's located at the southwest corner of Melrose Avenue and Slothower Road. Um, to the east is the Johnson County Poor Farm. Um, and to the south and to the north, most of this is in um, unincorporated Johnson County. Here's a zoning map. The subject property is zoned intensive commercial, and the land to the east is zoned public. 
In terms of background, in, in 2021, there was a comprehensive plan amendment that came before the commission, as well as an annexation and rezoning to intensive commercial that was approved by city council. There were several conditions associated with that rezoning. One was um, the creation of a vegetative buffer easement at the southern end of the property, um, dedication of right-of-way along Slothower Road. Also, the owner would need to contribute to the upgrading of Slothower Road and building actually a portion of it as well. Um, the, another condition was that the um, Slothower Road and IWV Road be screened and landscaped to the S3 screening standard. And then there was requirements on the location of loading areas and outdoor storage, so they, were, they would be behind buildings. After that annexation and rezoning, um, the owner did go through the subdivision process and um, it was platted to include two commercial lots. Since that time, we've received another application. Um, the, the owner uh, would like to add some additional lots and actually public streets to the, to the site as well. So that's why we're looking at this again, because it's, it's a re-subdivision of what was previously approved. So here's a, here's a, a map of the preliminary plat. It's, it's 62 acres. There's eight commercial lots. There's a north-south street shown here, Platinum Lane, and then an east-west street, Gold Avenue, that connects with Slothower. Um, Slothower Road will need to be improved um, to that access point on, on Gold Avenue, which is shown on the, on the plat. Um, and some of the conditions from the rezoning have already been met with the previous subdivision. For example, the vegetative buffer easement, which is shown down here, that's an existing easement area. And the dedication, um, there's a, a partial dedication of Slothower Road, which was um, uh, already dedicated through that previous subdivision process. Uh, I just want to note this. Um, Platinum Lane does end in a cul-de-sac due to the sensitive features to the south. We have wetlands and uh, stream corridor here, as well as that vegetative buffer easement. In terms of consistency with the comprehensive plan, um, a, an amendment to the comprehensive plan was adopted um, for this development. This area was shown as uh, appropriate for intensive commercial uses as well as um, that open space vegetative buffer easement. So the subdivision is consistent with the comprehensive plan. Some a little, a little bit more information on the environmentally sensitive areas. A sensitive areas development plan has been approved and the preliminary plat um, shows a conservation easement in those areas to protect those sensitive features. In terms of stormwater, um, the stormwater management is provided by two separate basins on the west and kind of the southeast of the property. This hasn't really changed from the previous plat that was approved and Public Works has approved those preliminary stormwater management plans. The role of the commission is to determine if the plat is consistent with our subdivision regulations and the comprehensive plan. Staff is recommending approval of SUB 23-002, an application submitted by IWV Holdings for a preliminary plat of the Melrose Commercial Park subdivision, an eight-lot, 62-acre commercial subdivision located at the southwest corner of Slothower Road and Melrose Avenue. 
Um, this just shows kind of the process that has already happened in the gray, the comprehensive plan amendment, annexation, final SADP, all of this has already been approved. Um, and this is just a revised uh, preliminary plat that is being considered. And after a recommendation um, from the commission, it will go to city council. Um, after, after city council, they can move forward with final platting um, and site plan and building permitting. So that concludes my presentation. Thank you. Any questions of staff on this application by members of the commission? Yes, I have a question. I, I meant to spend some time trying to look this up and I didn't. So I know you have it at the tip of your tongue. Can you speak to what is allowed in this zone now? <clears throat> um, so intensive commercial is one of the more permissive commercial zones. It allows things office, general office, medical office, retail sales. Um, um, but it also allows some more intense uses like uh, general manufacturing, um, outdoor storage. Um, some of those uses do have prov are provisional where there's specific standards that need to be met. Some of those uses need to be, um, require a special exception which needs to go to the Board of Adjustment. But um, those are the ones that come to mind. It, it's interesting that if I'm remembering right, um, some neighbors had in the subdivision south had concerns about because they were pretty certain they knew what was going to go in there and I would say that's not going in there if they were doing the subdivision so it's just another lesson you never know what's going to happen most of those intensive uses don't in this area, don't they almost all require um, to go to Board of Adjustment? You know, I off the top of my head, I don't, I can't answer that. Any other questions by members of the Commission for staff on this application? I just have a quick question. This is prior to my time. Um, on that original uh, plat, wasn't there a good neighbor meeting as part of that? And that was part of the buffer area and such came out of that? You know, the buffer area actually came from comments from the public at a commission hearing. Okay. Yeah, so that, that the, the project actually changed through the kind of public hearing process. Any more questions? Seeing none, we'll go ahead and open the public hearing and if the applicant or the applicant's representative would start us off. Thank you, John Marner with MMS Consultants representing the developer. Uh, thank you, Anne, for that presentation. I'll try to address a couple of the comments uh, from the commission members just to, to cover a few, highlight a few items. First of all, as she mentioned, as Anne mentioned, this is a redevelopment. It's a resubdivision of the two previous lots that were approved. Uh, as Melrose Avenue has been completed, there's been some generic interest in the area. Uh, the interest has seemed to be for a little bit smaller lots as opposed to the two larger lots that were that were proposed and approved on the previous final plant. So that's with that's what's prompting the resubdivision uh, to a few smaller lots, three smaller lots out along Melrose Avenue, and then there's some larger lots on the south side between the I believe it's Gold Avenue and uh, the vegetative buffer. The vegetative buffer on the previous plant when that when uh, the good neighbor meeting was held and the previous commission meetings were held. 
that was one of the items that was highlighted. It was one of the concerns expressed. One of these zoning items, I don't remember if it was it was mentioned by Ann, was to provide some additional screening on that southern property. Uh, that vegetative buffer was put in place to ensure that there was ample distance and separation from any potential future development, those residential properties to the south. We added the vegetative buffer to make sure that there that would remain, and then there's additional landscaping and some screening that would be required with the site plan development as it progresses over time. Um, the detention basins are provided in that area as well, so that's going to restrict any potential future development in that area as well. And I'm available for any other questions if there are any. John, the uh, paved service that'll be on Sloth Hour south of Melrose, and I think it's going up to Gold. What's that distance? Do you know off the top of your head? From Melrose, Melrose down to, to the east-west, yeah. I believe it's 350 feet from centerline to centerline. All right. I'm just, just curious about that. Sure. Um, will you be acquiring right away south of that for the to the end of your developable area on Sloth Hour, or will that come in the future? The, so as part of the previous final plat when that was approved, the additional right away on, along Sloth Hour on this property was, was platted at that time. Okay. Uh, this would acknowledge that I think it was I believe it was 17 additional feet uh, that was required on this property and then any additional right away needs that are, are needed for future construction of sloth hour would be required on the on the east side of the property very good any questions to John by members of the Commission thank you thank you sir is there anyone else who'd like to address the Commission on this particular application Second call for public comment on this item. Seeing none, we'll close the public hearing. Is there a motion on this item? Move approval. Got a motion by Craig. Is there a second? Second. A second by, was that you, Chad? Yep. Discussion, start with you, Susan. Uh, you know, again, I feel like, as in the previous one, this is just another step in something that we spent a lot of time on before. and. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens out there. <laughs> Better to see eight things than two. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you bringing that up, that once it's zoned, anything that's an eligible use within that zone can happen. That's right. And it's yeah. important that's... for the public to, and us to be right. constantly reminded of that. Right. Chad, any comments? Any other uh, discussion by members of the commission? Seeing none, we'll call the question. All those in favor of this application signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, the motion is approved 7 to 0. Next item up is case number REZ 23-0003. Location is North Scott Boulevard West of North First Avenue. This is an application for rezoning of approximately 10.26 acres of land from low density multifamily zone with a planned development overlay to OPD slash RM12 in order to amend the approved planned development overlay plan and sensitive area development plan. And understand we have a conflict of interest. I'm going to recruit myself. Very good. So if the, for the minutes, if we'll note that Commissioner Elliott is stepping off the dais for the discussion on this particular item due to a potential conflict. Um, who's up on this one? I got this one. See, I didn't even say your name because I thought I'd be, be wrong. Parker, please proceed. As the chair mentioned, tonight I'll be going over a rezoning located at 2640 North Scott Boulevard for an application 
for rezoning of approximately 10.26 acres of land from low density multifamily residential with a planned development overlay to OPD RM12. Shown here, outlined in the white, is the subject property located just north of Scott Boulevard. Next we have the rezoning map and it is shown as OPDRM12 and as mentioned that will remain the same, it'll stay OPDRM12. A little bit of background, the property was rezoned in May 2017 to OPD RS5 for Lot 1, just shown here and that was part of the Larson subdivision and OPDRM12 for Lot 2 which is the subject property of this application. The preliminary plat, final plat, preliminary OPD and SADP were all approved in 2017 for 60 units and the Oak Knoll East Campus currently contains three multifamily buildings in 60 senior living um, units. The current zoning as mentioned is OPD RM12 which is um, generally um, used to provide high density single family housing and low density multifamily housing. The proposed zoning will remain the same and is intended, as mentioned, to amend a previously approved OPD and SADP due to the proposal of a multifamily development and further impacts on sensitive areas. Looking at the preliminary OPD and SADP, we have the existing structures shown here. That's three multifamily buildings providing 60 senior living units as well as garage parking shown here and here and surface parking to the north. The proposal shown on the west side of the property is 16 one bedroom units, proposing an additional 15 parking spaces just off the existing drive with an underground tunnel connection from the proposal to one of the existing buildings. Next I'll go over the plan development approval criteria, starting with density. In an RM12 zone, the maximum density is 15 dwelling units an acre, which would provide up to 153 units. What is being shown in total would be 76 total senior living units, which comes out to be 7.4 dwelling units an acre. The land uses proposed include 16 one-bedroom assisted living units, and in addition, they'll be similar to the existing units already on the subject property. The open space requirement was satisfied during the previous rezoning in the form of a courtyard that offers amenities such as a dog park, walkways, and outdoor deck space. No traffic circulation is expected to change as access will remain solely off of North Scott Boulevard and there'll be no changes to the existing drive other than the addition of 15 parking spaces. The proposed development will be on the western property line with parking proposed just west of the existing drive and all of this will be set back 40 feet from the arterial street. And shown in this image here, you can see that the proposed development will be construct constructed at a lower elevation than the existing development. The property will be able to be serviced by city water, storm sewer, and sanitary sewer and traffic is not anticipated to overburden Scott Boulevard, the existing internal private circulation, or city utilities. The surrounding area as shown is mostly undeveloped with ravines and woodlands acting as a natural buffer. Their property to the, north, to the north will remain buffered through woodlands 
and the proposed development will be constructed at a lower elevation as mentioned from the existing buildings and for these reasons staff determined that the development would not adversely affect the existing views, property values, or privacy. The proposed development is consistent with the existing living senior living development as well as future senior living development that is proposed south of Scott Boulevard and the applicant is not requesting any variations from the zoning code standards. Here's an image of the existing buildings on the property and located right over here to the west will be the proposal and it'll generally comply with the same building types and characteristics shown in this image. The comprehensive plan and North District plan identify the property as Office Research Development Center and public private open space. This was designated in 1999 to accommodate um, and acknowledge ACT headquarters, but the district plan does further note that um, alternatives to this use such as residential should be considered, and both plans encourage housing diversity and higher density off of arterial streets. Looking at the compatibility with the neighborhood character, to the north we have the Iowa City Community School District as well as ACT Campus. South, and this area outlined here, is approximately 38 acres that has been dedicated to the city for an extension of Hickory Hill Park. And further south in this area here will be the site of the senior living facility and it has begun construction. The proposed development will be similar character to the existing buildings as well as the future senior living development south of Scott Boulevard. Excuse me, but that one corner is still the the odd triangle there on the corner of First and Scott. That's not the park. That is not part of Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. Looking at the sensitive areas, and we are looking at this in a total impacts, so that includes the 2017 project as well as the proposed project. In total, 8.7% of critical slopes are proposed to be impacted, which is well below the 35% threshold, which would otherwise require a level two sensitive areas review. At the time of the 2017 project, um, protected slope buffers were impacted by 8,250 square feet, not shown over here on the right-hand side, and that was to accommodate a stormwater management. Woodlands will be impacted at 59%, and this does include the woodland buffers, which are not anticipated to be impacted, but can't be counted as preserved, and that still is below the 80% threshold that would require a level two review. According to section 14.5K of the city code, um, public open space would be required via dedication or fee in lieu, and this was satisfied via fee in lieu during the previous approvals. Staff did receive seven pieces of correspondence, two of which expressed concerns with traffic and sensitive areas, while the other five were in favor of the general Oaknell lifestyle as well as the assisted living units that future residents or even existing residents could move into. And staff recommends approval of RZ 23-0003, an application for rezoning of approximately 10.26 acres of land from low density multifamily residential with a planned development overlay to OPD RM12 in order to amend the approved plan, development overlay plan, and sensitive areas development plan. 
next steps following the commission's recommendation would be city council consideration, which is anticipated to start in April, and site plan final OPD and SATP by staff review, as well as building permits. That does conclude the presentation, and I'll turn it over to the commission. Thank you, Parker. Are there any questions from members of the commission for staff on this application? <clears throat> yes, can you explain the what the transition of the zoning exactly here is accomplishing? Uh, I'm from what it is now to what it's being requested. I, I'm I'm just a little confused. Is all. So the zone will remain the same, but since there was uh, previously approved OPD and SADP, the <laughs> land is tied to what was approved then, and this proposal of another multi-family building, as well as further impacts of sensitive areas is considered a substantial change, which is requiring a rezoning. And that just, and so then the rezoning just overlays the whole property, not just the, not just the area being newly developed. Yes, that's correct. Okay. Any additional questions for staff in this application? <clears throat> I have a question. Can you go back to the layout on the streets and it, it it just feels, do you know that, what well, that pink one, that's good, yeah. There, there you go. <clears throat> it might just be my perception, but it looks very close to that. Is that, it's not west. The building to here? To the lot line of, the lot to, it'd be to the uh, Yeah, the north, building does right? meet the setback standards on the property line. Is that what you're referring to? Well, can you just tell me how, how many feet that is? It doesn't look like it's that much. Ten. Ten feet? It's ten feet on that property line. It looks like it'd be more than ten feet. The setback requirement is ten feet. Okay. I just... Doesn't look like very much. Any further questions? And Oops, wait, sorry. And my other issue when I saw this the first time is the bringing of it so far below, I mean, I can't orient my directions correctly, so I'm just going to say down from the building it's connected to brings it a lot closer to the street than any of the other residences here. That was required because up in the northwestern portion there is existing protected slopes and Shown it here, there's protected slopes in this area, so the building couldn't get too far north without impacting protected slopes. I mean, okay. And, and just to add to that, our sensitive areas ordinance does not allow impacts to protected slopes. So it really was not an option to, to move it north. Parker. No, you know, go ahead. Uh, quick, can you go back to the slide that shows kind of the levels of the building? Is it, I think it was three stories in total. This one? Yeah. yeah. So from the valley, is it essentially two and a half stories that be exposed above the ground level? Yeah, from this image, it looks like about two stories, but the applicant may have more specific details other than this image here. Any more questions? Um, can you 
refresh me generically of the difference between uh, sensitive slopes and protected slopes? Protected slopes are um, a slope of 40% or greater incline, and then critical slopes are, I believe, up to 25%. 25 to 39, I guess. Uh, 25 to 39. Oh, 25 to 30 for critical, <clears throat> and then protected are 40 or more. No further questions? We'll go ahead and open the public hearing if the applicant or the applicant's representative would come forward on this application. Good evening, Commission. Uh, Brian Belk, Axiom Consultants. Uh, yeah, thank you, Parker, for running through that uh, with everybody here. Uh, Steve Rowe from Oak Knoll is also here, as well as Jack Topp from OPN, the architect. So certainly any questions related to the facility or um, architecture, I'm, I'm sure they'd be able to handle as well. I, I think most of it was described um, in, in full and in length. As noted, the, the zoning really isn't changing, even though it is a rezoning. Um, but uh, to answer maybe one of the questions from um, Susan, we did look at multiple different options of uh, layouts where this building may fall. And as noted, it actually started in that northwest corner and just could not make it work in terms of those protected slopes and the sensitive areas. So um, the southwest corner really worked out much better in terms of any impacts to sensitive areas as well as impacts uh, to residents and constructability just because of the access to that versus going all the way up and through uh, past the other buildings. This is a lot more accessible on that southwest corner as well. Um, adding a much needed um, 16 units as noted, and certainly Steve could probably speak to that even more. Um, but yeah, really here to answer any other questions you may have or, or, or anybody else that could answer for you. Does anybody have any questions on this? Yeah, if I, can you kind of, what is the, what's the, um, the elevation face going to look like on the on the west and south end of that building. I was out there. I drove out there earlier today, and I'm just quite frankly amazed you can squeeze that building in between there and the slopes. Um, and, and and I do see it looks like we do have at least one full level below grade, um, and it slopes from the north to the south also. And I'm trying to figure out how that impacts you know if where that one level below grade is. Um, if it's at the north end, there's going to be a lot of, found. it seems to me there's a lot of foundation showing on the south end. Yeah, maybe Jack might speak to this better than I can, but, uh, I, and that was kind of a little bit piggyback on the question earlier. From that west side and from the valley, if you will, it would be like two and a half stories in elevation as, as part of that is exposed of that uh, lower level. Uh, it is two levels of units in terms of uh, above ground grade, but there will be some partial exposure there. I don't know, Jack, if you want to or connect address in terms of the look of that uh, or the exposure of that, but I don't think they have an image of that. Good evening. Uh, Jack Topp with OPN Architects. Um, the, actually, the, the wings of it, the north wing and the south wing, would be two stories only. Um, uh, partially uh, below grade, of the first level, that's the lowest level, and the middle knuckle piece or where it turns would be three levels. And that's the only portion that would be uh, two and a half stories above grade. Otherwise, it's much lower than you might think. 
The uh, architecture is trying to blend in with the existing architecture. Um, there's, I believe, a type of wood housing siding on it and uh, a flat roof type of structure. That's what's anticipated. All right, thank you. Brian, do you have more presentation? No, I, was just say I have a couple questions, questions for you. Um, on this 10.26 um, acre area, it doesn't look like there's any other area to develop anything else. Is this probably the end of the the changes? As far as I know, uh, Steve, I'll hand off again. I, I, maybe. I just, just don't yeah, see I'll where they would go, Steve so I'm just curious. Thing. Yeah. Hi, I'm Steve Rowe, Executive Director at Oak Knoll. And uh, yes, this would be the completion of this campus uh, as we explored alternatives to try to fit in another uh, uh, 16 units. We looked at the area uh, kind of at the north end of the property, north end of the courtyard between the two structures uh, that exist currently. Um, there is a dog park there, and I don't have the guts to move our dog park. Uh, so, so that really isn't a viable option. It's been mentioned already that the northwest corner has sensitive areas uh, that, that really uh, aren't, aren't an option for us. So really the southwest corner is the only part that we could uh, conceivably build this structure. So, uh, on either side of, of the, the property, on the east side, uh, there is a pretty significant wooded ravine, uh, and any future building would not be possible because of sensitive areas and the slopes there. And similarly, on the west side, it is also a wooded ravine. Oaknall's property line is, is just outside the western edge of, of the proposed new building. Uh, but because of the, the topography there, I don't think that any property owner to the west would, would be able to, to build anything either because of the ravine. Any questions for Steve while he's up? So there's no parking that's going to be in this new building, correct? Uh, correct. It, the, the only parking uh, or the additional parking for this new building would be uh, street level parking just off of the, the primary drive that already exists. I guess I just want to mention that I was in your building and the parking for old, for more mature patrons is <laughs> awful close. <laughs> Understood. I would, I would hate to have to park in there. Thank you. All right, thank you. Steve, is this uh, independent or assisted? So the, the structures that exist currently are all independent living apartments, and that um, has worked, uh, but it would be very nice to be able to offer assisted living services to the residents who have started their Oaknall lives at this campus, and that's why this building is being proposed. So, so this would be assisted living. New building. Yep, correct. All right, thank you. Thank you. Brian, one more question. Um, with the proposed <coughs> tunnel, will the road, the this, this single roadway in and out of this be disturbed for that? We, I, I don't see how you'd build a tunnel without closing the road, which seems kind of problematic since it's the only roadway in, so I'm curious about that. Sure, yeah, we have been uh, in talks and as part of the design team been working with a general contractor on, on what that might look like. We, we've actually talked about keeping 
access through there um, and, and essentially building that half at a time, whether it be even at a temporary offsetting road to get through there. Uh, but it, it certainly has been a topic of discussion as we continue to we meet weekly on, on what this looks like moving forward. So I think right now, from the intent is we'll keep that open and we're looking at phasing and staging that tunnel through there accordingly to do so. I presume if you're gonna close the roadway, is that a public roadway or is that private? No, that's road? private. Okay, yeah. but a fire department still require that to stay yeah, open. Yep, yeah, yep, absolutely, absolutely. Any further questions for Brian? All right, thanks, sir. Thank you, appreciate it. Anyone else still would like to present or address the commission on this particular application? Second call for anybody? Seeing none, we'll close the public hearing. Is there a motion for approval? Uh, is there a motion on this particular application? Move approval. Sorry second. for that. <laughs> motion by Signs, second by Townsend. Uh, discussion, we'll start with Mr. Signs. Like I say, I was I was out there at the site earlier today, and I I just I don't know how that building is going to squeeze in there. It seems to me that the the slopes start right just you know within 15 20 feet of the existing street, um, and they seem pretty significant to me. I guess I'm surprised that there aren't any uh, any uh, protected slopes in that area because um, it it seems really steep to me. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what it looks like from Scott Boulevard um, because the, the topography slopes in two directions in that corner. Um, and I appreciate, I appreciate the challenges of the rest of the site. Uh, and I, and yeah, that's, that's my only concern is this, it seems like we're squeezing a, a big building in a very small space. Parker, for the, in that particular area where the footprint of the building is, those are all just um, critical slopes or less? Uh, yeah, critical or steep slopes. Okay, thank you. Ms. Townsend, comments? Only that that roundabout has made traffic a lot easier going through oh, there. So I'm happy that went in before you started all this additional building. Further discussion by members of the commission? Well, I have the same concerns of that I expressed when I was talking about its relationship to the road and to the lot line. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to support it, but reluctantly for those reasons. And I would just say it's regrettable that, you know, this whole development isn't that old and it's regrettable that more thought wasn't given to the possibility of this being something you would want to do down the future and a better solution established at that point in time. I'm, but I will support it. The need is there. Further discussion? Seeing none, we'll call the question. All those in favor of this particular application signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, the motion is approved. 6-0 with one abstention, that, that being Commissioner Elliott. Next item on the agenda, item number seven, bylaw amendment regarding public participation. Somebody needs to get Maggie. Maggie. She's oh, Maggie. <laughs> and having just read the bylaws, I think she's supposed to say why she's abstaining. I, I was thinking that too. We'll just so, when she comes back in. I mean, I know why she's abstaining, but no. I couldn't remember. Does it say? To just, give a, you have well, to give a reason. I, I think. I, I think. Um, Only because I just read the bylaws. Do I, I think if you abstain on your 
vote, but not if you have to, if you recuse yourself from the discussion. That's is that two separate things or is it the same thing? It's not abstaining. Anyway, um, our we'll debate is. We'll talk about that in a minute. We've been talking about you for the last half hour. So okay. <laughs> um, could you just state what your conflict is? I'm on their foundation board. Okay, thank you. Mm -hmm. That's a good reason. So now we'll go on to item number seven, bylaw amendment regarding public participation. <coughs> is that you, Ann? Yes, thank you. So it's been a while since we've looked at this, but in um, February, you discussed and provided some feedback on an initial draft of the bylaws. Um, what we heard during that meeting is that you wanted to allow um, testimony up to five minutes instead of three minutes, um, only giving people one opportunity to speak per agenda item, allowing official organizations to consolidate their speaking time up to eight minutes. Um, there was a couple of things you'd like us to remove. One was the section related to attendance at council meetings and then the annual reports. Um, additionally, we wanted to make sure that it was clear that all meetings should be in locations that are accessible and then incorporating some language on virtual participation. So Sarah and I worked on making some changes to address the feedback. Um, I have each page of the bylaws up here. If you'd like me to go through them, I can, or just turn it over to you for discussion. But I, I believe we've addressed all of the feedback we heard from the last meeting. Would any members of the commission like a point-by-point -point discussion by staff on this, or? I think we all had the opportunity to read it, and we've okay. seen it before, so. All right. Um, we'll just open it up for discussion. Comments on this? I appreciate you thinking ahead that in case we need this, we have it. I think you were the one that yes. thought, it, thought of it. Mr. Science looked like you were going to say something. No. <laughs> Susan? <laughs> of course I. I have something to say. <laughs> okay, I th I am confused by um, in Article Nine, the new article about public participation. It says that um, let's see in Section One, persons other than commissioners shall be permitted to address the commission only on specific agenda items, and so. Does that agenda item include, I mean, the very first thing we have on our agenda is public discussion of it, anything not on the agenda. But isn't that a specific agenda item? Well, that's what I'm asking the attorney. Yeah. To I me. So. That's how I because, interpret it. Because, I mean, it sounds restrictive, and yet, in fact, the agenda item on our, on our meeting, at our meeting, is not restrictive at all. They can get up and and talk at, I mean, about anything for five minutes, right? Currently, because we don't have a rule about germaneness, so they could get up and talk about the weather for their, their period right, of time. Right, 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 okay. First I mean, I read that lovely. as <laughs> that we have an agenda item asking people if they wanna give comments to the commission, and then in our bylaws we say, a specific agenda item doesn't seem so right I, to me. I'm confused about that. So are we removing the first item in our agenda in every meeting and people won't be able to comment about anything that is not on the agenda? No, that's not the intention. 
So right. how, like, they, during that first, what is it, item number three, they could get up and talk about the weather. Okay. Even though this okay. bylaw exists. But after that moment. After that, it needs to be germane. They can't right. get up during right. item number four and talk about the weather. Right, <laughs> right. Okay. All right. If if you say that that covers anything, then I'm good with that. My, my other question is... Um, I don't know where this is. Uh, they talk about, also in this section someplace, now I made it too big, um, work sessions. I have been on the commission for years, and I've never been to a work session. We, we, we used to have them. Yeah, we used well, to have them. I didn't ever find them particularly productive, I mean, and, so I'm kind of glad we don't. It doesn't, when in the earlier part where it talks about meetings, it says nothing about work sessions. And then later down here, it refers to work sessions, which in years I've never been part of, and it doesn't allow work sessions. I mean, the chair can call a meeting, but it doesn't say call a work session. It says call a meeting. Well, I think that is a work session. But aren't we all also supposed to have the Mondays available in case there is a work session? Yes. Whoa, I didn't know that. Oh, I didn't well, know that. <laughs> well, formerly, they were, work sessions were on Mondays, and we just haven't had them in a long yeah, time. In a, in there, and it's just for the commission work session, so there's no public mm -hmm. participation. I mean, they could probably be present, but they can't comment. But to your point, it talks about a work session here, but it doesn't up above where it Career. talks about the Correct. Correct. It's like... It, it talks about a special meeting. It talks about a special meeting. Okay. Maybe, comma, including work sessions? I don't know. It just it just seems disingenuous to me that and, and confusing to people who read this and go, well, work sessions, where did they come from? I mean, and for me, who's never been to the work to a work session and didn't know that they were formerly a common thing. I think we use them for, um, like, if uh, the staff educated us on particular items or wanted to review a complex topic before it came to a meeting. Well, we, what did we just have a couple of weeks ago? Was that a work session? No, that was a meeting with the council. No, um, when we were when we had, um, I guess we were talking about housing. That, that was a formal meeting. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, if it doesn't bother anybody else, it, it just bothers me, but... That's okay. No, I think we could have like more clarification on that. Maybe add a different words, like more words. Um, or just list it as another item under meetings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would take care of it. Yeah. The, the work session is mentioned in the public participation section. Right, but where? That's what I'm wondering. Section two, I think. But section five covers meetings, so why not have that? Section one, Sarah. Okay. Or article five. Okay, oh, yeah, session, section meetings. one. I mean, I think the, the meeting section talks about the special meetings. I think that could be interpreted as isn't isn't special meeting just a generic term for everything other than a formal meeting that's the high right. I, I mean it, it could mm -hmm. be a work session it could be some other meeting called outside of the regular 
schedule of meetings. Um, so I interpret that to sort of more be a little bit more broadly broad than just a work session. Um, While you're looking at that, do we take out that second and shall be called by the chairperson? Under um, Article 5, Section 2, it says special meetings members shall be called by the chairperson and shall be called by the chairperson or vice chair. Oh, I saw I that. I saw that too. Need to come out. But then you go on. Okay. One of those need to come out. Well, it says could be called at the request of three or more members of the commission. But it says special meetings of the members may be called by the chairperson right. and on, shall on, be called by the chairperson. So it may be called by a chair, the chairperson, but it shall be called by the chairperson if uh, three or more members request uh, okay. it. Okay. That's yonky, but okay. More discussion? Yeah, something else I wanted to. Oh, under uh, Article 7 hearings, comprehensive plan, do we need to list, since we got all the South District plan in the North, it's not just the comprehensive plan, but there's several different plans that we have to look at depending on what area? Yeah, those are all part of the comprehensive plan. They're components of the comprehensive plan. Do we need to say that somewhere that they're, it's not just. I would prefer not to list them, honestly. Um, For a new person the, coming on, it might help. The, the code itself sort of describes that structure, I think. Okay. Then I had a question about under um, Section 5. Okay, this is uh, Article 9, Section 5, uh, Rules of Conduct. Uh, without being chilled from doing so. Is chilled really what we want to have in there? I, I, I in my own mind, put the word intimidated in there. <laughs> because it's really about when, say if you have a room full of people that are vocally supportive or opposed to something, and there's one or two people that are in opposition to those people, they would feel intimidated from speaking and not being able to exercise their rights because everybody else is so vocal about it. So. You know, I, chilled's fine, but... But more slang than... But yeah, it sounds kind of... I don't know. That was just my I, my thought. I don't know. I mean, it's language from the council council rules. I, I do think that that's a term that is used... Chill? Frequently yeah. in... Have a chilling effect. You, right. Oh, okay. You know, in yeah, legal yeah. contexts, it is commonly used yeah mm -hmm. as soon as you said it that way I'm like oh, okay I get it <laughs> but I was just like you as soon as I read that I'm like sounds kind of ghetto to me <laughs> to me it didn't sound um, specific enough you know because it's really yeah. talking about intimidation people right. feel intimidated to be able to speak because they go in contrary to the majority of the people present right yep but I guess you're, it has a chilling I effect guess I would I would like to have a better word than that but that's just me Okay, I'm through. Any further comments? <laughs> Does anybody have any reservations from it as amendment? Yeah. Maria? I, I just, I'm not sure. Uh, I guess I'm gonna have a, a difficult time talking, but I want to say a few things. 
And I'm only crying because I'm tired and it's just, it's been a long week, but this kind of rules sometimes only serve to oppress the people that is already been oppressed. And then the way they usually work, I know there is always good intentions under them, but then the way that usually works is like we enforce them only when oppressed people show up and then we don't enforce them when privileged people show up. So I know what happened in Tennessee a few days ago and you know the students were complaining and they were yelling and then the representatives instead of listening to them and then changing the laws or the rules they end up removing three representatives that stood for the kids. So the solution sometimes is not to impose more rules to help the people, but it's like to have a more um, fair city for everyone and ensure that everyone has like access to food and to education into housing and that everyone understands that they are welcome to come here and speak and if they come and yell it's maybe because we deserve to be yelled at <laughs> and also think that we're going to change the rules because sometimes we're in a commission and we feel that we're here for three or five years and when it's time for us to leave the commission we feel like oh maybe we need more rules so the next people you know, can follow what I was doing, but it's like, sometimes it feels to me like it's a grab of power in, you know, in that last few years that we have here. Cause like, I was the chair of the housing commission and when I had to leave, I was feeling like that. I was feeling like, well, I hope the, ne the next chair, you know, understand all these rules and I have been for a long time. So I had a clear understanding of some of the, things that we have been doing for a few years. So I just, I don't know, I'm just very sensitive about like oppressing and like this kind of rules. And I just, I come from, you know, a country that has a very um, difficult history with oppression. And I just don't like to put rules on people. I just want everyone to feel welcome to come. And if there's a kid, like a 16-year-old kid that comes and yells like Germain for like an hour, well, you know what? It's just one day a month and like, that's okay. I can take it and that's fine. And if there's a lady that comes and yells that we're like doing something wrong, then that's fine. I mean, I never felt um, in danger here. I love this city and like I have never felt like this safe here and I know that when people come and yell it's because They have a reason they don't come and yell just for nothing and I'm sorry. I'm just being so sensitive It's probably a full moon or something <laughs> So I just I want to say that I'm gonna vote up. I'm gonna vote in opposition of this but I do understand that all of you have really good intentions and I do appreciate all the work that you do and everything that you do. That's all. Thank you for those heartfelt comments. That's really appreciated. And um, two comments from that. Number one, I, I actually think the, what drives my 
um, wanting these rules is having seen multiple, multiple times in the last several years of where a dominant group overtakes a meeting and doesn't allow anybody to, vo to voice opposition to their viewpoint. So uh, actually my support of this is to make sure that everybody is heard and that nobody is chilled because I've seen that multiple times. And I do believe in decorum. I really don't think there's an excuse for, there's nobody up here that wants to do bad. Everybody wants to do good. And every, that's why we're here. We're not getting paid one penny. And we want people to um, be heard. But with rights come responsibilities of behavior. So I do have problems that come up here. If people come up and they name call and they make accusations, that's not okay. Because actually it detracts from the point they're trying to make. Because when you do ad hominem attacks, the person being attacked is done listening. So what we're doing in part of this is helping people be more effective with their messaging. So that we can hear what, they what the real point is rather than a personal attack. And um, I've been here I think eight years. I've never seen a single example where we haven't been over backwards to allow people to say what they had to say. Even when they're standing in lines. Yes. Talk. We've been here till 11 o'clock at night to listen to people frankly say the same thing over and over again. So I do appreciate what you're saying and I respect it very much because I understand where you're coming from. I just see the other side of that coin that I see people use public intimidation to chill other people from voicing an opposite view. And I've seen that multiple times in the last several years, and I know a couple other commissioners have too. So um, complete few, respect for what you said. And the few times that, since I've been on the commission, that we've seemed to have had that <clears throat> problem, it wasn't those that were oppressed, it was those that didn't want those people in their neighborhoods. And I believe it, once you were chair, or you were, head, you were leading the meeting, and you actually let them know that this was the first time this had happened since you had been here, <laughs> and kind of nicely, very nicely, put them in their place that this was not the way it would happen. So I understand what you're saying. Mike does a pretty I good can, job of that, too. <laughs> but I can, yeah. re I can remember that whole group from and this is back back to where we are, back over to Forest View, when we had tons and tons and tons of people coming in, hoping for that project that never happened. Um, and we were here till long time, <laughs> over and over Late. again. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's an excellent point. I'm glad you brought that up, Billy. That for our experience really is here is the people that are more the most brusque. I'll say that, that in a very polite. Is because they don't want, and I'm using yes, air quotes, because they're using all kinds of terms to address the real issue of we don't want. Well, number one, we don't want anything to change, mm -hmm. and we don't want other people to be in our neighborhood, and we don't want our site view to be changed. <laughs> we don't want any high rises, because then we can't see the trees. Jeez, yeah. Which I, I, this is the one thing I really love about Mr. Sines is he's always very good at pointing out to them, yes. if you cared about your sight line, you should have purchased that property. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. So. Yeah, but I, I, I must say that this commission, I think, has done a good job of keeping things in order, thanks to our. 
our leaders. And, and frankly, I think the rules as they're written, um, anybody can use any rule to oppress other people, but it, that's the job of all the commissioners to make sure that equal application to everybody. The rules are the same for everybody. And that's sort of my mantra personally. Same rules for everybody, no exceptions. And you have actually added time because there have been people that wanted to continue their explanation and they only had three minutes and you know, five minutes would give them a better way to explain what they were doing. So we've kind of added some time for that as well as taking time back for that second time up. Yeah. And also, um, when the, the part about enforcement, you'll notice that there's nothing in there about having people arrested. We purposely did not want that. Or drug out. This is just about maintaining order in the meeting, decorum, so business can be conducted and everybody can be heard. Everybody will get an opportunity, but everybody gets the equal opportunity. Even the people that the person who may be acting out doesn't agree with. So, further discussion on this. What kind of action do you need from us, Anne? I think we need to vote, and then we will need to take it to council. Okay. Could I have a motion for uh, on this particular application, item number seven? So moved. Motion by Townsend. Is there a second? Second. Second by Chad. Wade? Discussion? Bill, you want to go first since you made the motion? I'm good. Chad? I'll just say that uh, I'd like to clear expectations. That way, across the board, we're applying everything fair and equally, um, especially with the strength of the current commission. Um, you know, you got seven people to weigh in. So, yep. All right, very good. Any further discussion? I, d I just want to also acknowledge uh, Maria's. Um, Perspective, perspective, and uh, and I think it is it is is valid. Um, I, I I don't feel like what's here is overly oppressive right now, um, and I do trust the the commission and the staff to do the best we can to keep it under control. So. All right. Further discussion. I like having rules. The advantage, of rule, the advantage of rules is they prevent discrimination. Because yeah. if you don't have full rules to follow, then you, this person gets six minutes, but mm -hmm. that person gets two minutes. Because mm -hmm. there's not a rule. Yeah, exactly. Rules. But I think Maria's point about discrimination often happens in the way the rules are applied. That that someone who's up there and, and you know is a big wig or whatever they just they can intimidate you by who they are and Only it's easy to but but you don't let them i'm just saying you you can see how it could happen but i think you do a very good job and i personally appreciate that it is according to the bylaws and i think rightly so you could put a limit and say, we're going to have, you know, public input for an hour, and that's all. And so if you aren't in line, then when it's up, you know, it's done. But we have never, in my experience, and I don't think from the way you have all talked in any of your time on the commission, have we ever said, 
we're cutting it off in an hour. We're cutting it off in two hours. If people are here and they need to talk, we let them talk. So, so right. the the way it is applied is very is as important as the rule. Exactly. There are a lot of rules out there <laughs> that don't get applied equally. But I think that that this group does a good job of it, and it's a good thing. All right, all those in favor of um, the bylaw amendment as presented in the packet, signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed, signify by saying nay. nay. So the, that vote is six to one with Commissioner Padron in the negative, and that is approved. Item number eight, consideration of meeting minutes of March 1, 2023. Is there any major additions or corrections anybody would like to note? It felt like so long ago. <laughs> That's what happens when you pause. You, you miss a meeting. It's like, what? Oh, yeah. Can I have a motion for approval? Move to approve. Motion by Elliot. Is there a second. second? Second by Townsend. Discussion? Hearing no discussion, all those in favor of, the, of approving the minutes for March 1, signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed, signify by saying nay. Minutes are approved 7 to 0. Next item up is planning and zoning information. Ann? I, I have one item. The city council met last night and they discussed that rezoning out on Mormon Trek, the land to the west of the, the Dane um, property that they want to turn into By park. By printing, yeah. Um, yes, and um, the mayor kind of took the temperature of the council and it seemed like they were going to vote in um, different than the commission so they would like to have a consult. Um, I don't know when it's going to be. I'm guessing at April 18th, probably at four, like the last one. So I just wanted to see if the commission would like to have a consult and I can get you the time when I have that information. Do you, can you say what the concerns were? There was no discussion, so um, we, we don't know. I watched a little of that, and there were a lot of people, a lot more people that came and spoke um, than, than were here when, for us. So I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Yeah, the trust um, rallied a lot of supporters to come out and speak. I think it was March 1st. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I, that kind of brings up uh, something I wanted to inquire about. So, this is kind of the second instance recently where there might have been uh, a new viewpoint from the city council versus uh, staff and commission on a project. Um, is there something that could be done for alignment or to smooth out that process because uh, like in this case uh, they had a meeting on it um, then it sets up another meeting and so this one might not be as time sensitive but the orchard, orchard court you know it extends the time from um, a developer or so on from being able to progress and already heavily time and financially invested in a project yeah, I don't think anything really can be done. I mean, 
I mean, the commission isn't the decider. The staff isn't the decider. Council's the decider. So they really have the ultimate say. And it, it, uh, other than eliminating the consult, I don't see another way to shorten that sort of collaborative process other than to just. Or if there's just feedback as far as insight yeah. on uh, well, the think, perspective that's taken into account. Yeah, the Orchard District um, application. We were not it, it at seems all like on that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't either. So. Yeah. I mean, it seems like there are two separate kinds of issues, so it's hard to say. Um, Maybe it's just the heaven You know, flow. that there's a, a direction they want the commission to go in. Uh, well, well, this would be my perspective. Um, we're all appointed to represent the, our personal viewpoints when we're looking at the application of the comprehensive plan and the zoning code as written. And so our job is to make sure that it, it it's all compliant and it all fits. City council can just have all kinds of different political views in their vote and that we should not ever have. And so sometimes I think we will have divergent opinions. And doesn't mean we're not doing our job and doing it well, just because they don't approve of what we, we voted on. So, um, I, I, you know, we're not rubber stamps for the city councils. They don't like what we do, then they don't have to reappoint us and we're up for reappointment. Yeah, and I think maybe it's not just that. Maybe it's just that they feel that there may be something they're missing. And maybe they, after they hear what we have to say, maybe it gives them a little more clarity. Okay. Also, you know, we only make a recommendation and sometimes disagreements are good. So we all, you know, are forced to think about the way the other person, so it's right. not so bad. On this, on this particular one, um, we'd been through this before. Really the same uh, comments were made in previous rezoning and that went through. So I'm not really sure what's different about this one. If any, we were here for I that I wasn't here one. for that one, no. It's, it was really just like a, a to me, it just felt like uh, deja vu all over again. <laughs> I don't want those people next to me. <laughs> you know, so, uh, I, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm respectful of their viewpoint. <laughs> I just disagree with it. And so the city council can make any determination they want. It's odd that they approved it once before, essentially the same kind of thing. Right. Probably a different city council. Uh, probably. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, I can't yeah, remember the timing of it. Yeah. But, Most of them are the um, same. So, you know, I'm fine with uh, a consultation. I think it's the more interaction we can have with them, the better. Um, they're going to do whatever they want to <coughs> do, but I think it's important mm -hmm. that we are able to share with them our viewpoint. So I'm in favor of a consultation, it, but I don't want to speak for everybody else. I'm too. I'd like to hear what they have to say. I mean, I'd like to hear their, where they're coming from because we didn't hear it. They didn't, like you said, they didn't speak, so. Anybody opposed to a consultation? I'm in favor. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll let you know, All date right. and time. Mr. Sines? Yes, um, I wanted to uh, first off apologize to the commission for missing the last two meetings, which seems like forever ago. I had to think real hard about why I missed the first one. It was because I was ill, and the last one because my flight back from Palm Springs was delayed. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the first one you get a buy, the second one, yeah, not so much. 
there's an option in, in the bylaws for calling. <laughs> yes, I see that now. Um, having said that, um, I have tendered my resignation to the to the chair, um, and I, I I discovered in, in reading the packet today that I didn't quite meet the guidelines of that requirement, but the chair has uh, uh, agreed to accept it. Should I wish to maintain it, and and I think I do. Um, I, I, I find myself, I have found myself um, being, becoming very cynical of the process and in particular of developers and builders. And, I, and, I, and I've left the last several meetings that I have been at um, feeling kind of icky and not feeling good about, uh, about uh, the process and about my, my reaction to the process. And, um, and I just, um, as, I, as I said in my letter to, to the chair and staff, um, I just, I, I missed two meetings and there was some meetings not held in between time, so it has been a really long time since I've been here. Um, and I realized, I realized um, in the last week or so that, that I, I, I just didn't, I didn't miss that. And for me, that was quite a change because um, I have been very passionate about, about this, this, the commission and the commission's role. And so I, I've just, I really have just felt it's probably time for me to go. Um, and so I think I will, I will uh, with, with the chair's uh, approval, I will maintain my uh, letter of resignation and, um, and uh, bid you all adieu. May I say something? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> this is, this is, On the record or off? This, this is hard enough. Yeah. Yes. You, yeah. It's it's hard. You may you may think you're being cynical, but I think what you're doing is giving us information from all the knowledge that you have. Um, you've been here longer than most of us. Um, you've uh, been in real estate. You know the ins and outs of what's going on in this area, and I just think we're going to miss a vital point of our of our commission if if and when you do decide to leave us. That's just me. Yeah. I actually second that. Um, I think Mark's perspective has been uh, very appreciated and I think it's made a impact on the commission. I'm, you're one of the rare people who... Um, Speak your has, mind. Ha, yeah. <laughs> well, you mind. haven't left yet, so we'll... <laughs> <laughs> that, that, um, Sometimes too much. Well, you just have a lot of knowledge, and it's really um, helped us to be better. And, um, and we don't we, always We've always been better. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, but... Uh, and the nice thing about it, even when we're in disagreement, it never feels personal, and, and we're always still friends. Right. And that's, that's not a very common thing sometimes. So... Well, Your I contribution appreciate. has been appreciated, noted, and I hope you and needed. And needed, mm -hmm. and I hope you continue on public service, maybe in some other form somewhere. Or because here. I appreciate that, um, and I would I would say I would encourage. I know in the past there was a realtor member before I started, and I I think that is a valuable addition to the commission. I don't know that it's a re I, it might actually be a requirement. No, um, I, think I don't so. recall, it's but not, um, yeah. but I would. I would encourage the, the council to consider that when they're looking at applications. Um. Yeah, we had two realtors when I started, Phoebe and you, and mm -hmm. I thought that yeah, you bring a, an interesting perspective about, you know, right. your knowledge of housing, particularly in Iowa City, is, was, is very informative, I think, to the group. So I, I agree I mean, with stuff you. Stuff that we would never know to ask. 
And sometimes I'm thinking about things and I don't know how to say them. And then you're so eloquent and I'm like thinking like just what he said. <laughs> Take that, letter back. Take that letter back. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So thank you, Mark. Thank you. Greatly thank appreciate you, it. Thank you. Um, one thing I'd like to bring up, in the last issue of Planning Magazine, and I'm sure we all read it the day we received it, but they had a really nice, uh, just a, one of the, a short little article, a box article, about habitat restoration and rewilding. And then Mr. Joshua Ventling's letter on one of the rezonings, just... It seems to me that's odd because I asked that question like, mm -hmm. we don't actually ever address habitat, you know, in the sensitive area ordinance. That seems like a miss. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just want to bring that up and just to get the, the thought going with other people, if that's something, because, you know, pollinators, brown bats, you know, sure we're in an urban area, but there is some but stuff we deer. can do. Not deer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> deer have ruined my, my yeah. <laughs> Not deer. deer. <laughs> I think they when, come up when he, he should not have led with deer yeah. when he was listing all the great creatures <laughs> yeah. that live in the woods. Yeah, but I, I, I just at some point I don't even know what to do with that comment. But it just seems like it was a miss in previous things that there wasn't ever anything in a, like a sensitive areas ordinance or somewhere about that issue. Well, in his letter, it kind of it was like oh. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah. So, and it's yeah. just a combination of his letter and then the article in planning that made me think, like, I think we have a swing and a miss here. That we something It's a lot to harder to measure habitat than to measure a slope. Yes. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. If you talk about something that's going to delay a process and add considerable expense to something, it's figuring out who lives here. But I think the whole thing is, I think everybody knows here that I'm, I believe in development, you know, Somebody's got to pay property taxes. <laughs> Strike that comment. But um, but when we have areas that um, are reserved for development, it seems like we should have some criteria of how that land should be used or restored. That there should be something about it, about creating pollinators or habitat or something. Um, just want people to sort of ruminate on that for a while. Well, it sort of hinges with something I brought up couple, a couple of times about the, the, I don't even, I can, when a housing development is, is built and there's woodlands involved and, you know, and then it just goes to the housing association, the community association to maintain that and take care of it. And yes, and I actually would like to talk about that at some point, if we could add it to the I mean, it's sort of, I'm going through that right now. There is uh, stormwater in near where I live, and it's practically abandoned. And I don't know if like, the city could have some kind of like a penalty or, you know, maybe charge the HOAs and then they take care of it or put a penalty because it's, it's a problem. I agree with that because sometimes I'll be going around town and I'll see an area that to me visibly looks like a stormwater detention area. And it looks like it's pretty wild. And then I'll notice in the paper, they'll have periodically those little box um, uh, statements about costs associated against the landowner, property owner for snow removal or for weeds or mowing, that we should make sure the city has the ability or at least advocate for if an HOA won't maintain their, their stormwater detention area, 
that the city can just go in there, you know, same process, notify them, send them a letter, but eventually you have the ability to go in there and clean that up so it just doesn't get infiltrated and packed with invasive species and now it's no good to anybody. Yeah, so. and, and charge them, yeah. right? Yeah. And this is this has come up several times in the years that I've been on the commission that it there's a lot of them that get neglected. Yeah. And a lot of a lot of home owners and home purchasers don't even oh, know no. that's their responsibility. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Typically there's an easement agreement that does give the city the right to do that, but it's not quite the <clears throat> same as sending out a crew to shovel a sidewalk. I mean it it's a much bigger, more expensive endeavor. Um, it would so seem, though, that we, would, that we would want to make sure the city has the ability to do that, though. Because some of those, they're, they're pretty bad. I mean, you can just tell. Yeah. True. But, this. but also the woodlands areas, like I say, and some of these pretty expensive developments that we've approved that say, well, you know, that sensitive slope or whatever, but and then no one does anything there for yeah. and mm -hmm. yeah. the poison ivy just thrives <laughs> and the deer and the deer when are they going to start developing that piece of land that they've already taken the house down right there at Gilbert and Kimball Road there was a I think they were supposed to do something oh. The one at the it's at the foot of yes, the Road. Yeah. Um I don't know that they're gonna put do anything there. Putting something there. I they might one of our packets. That would just be probably a building permit. So I don't think anything would well, come before the old house out. Yeah. And uh okay, if anything gets built it won't come to the commission. It'll probably just plan review. Yeah. Right. Any more input on planning and zoning information for item number nine? <laughs> Seeing none, a motion for adjournment. So moved. Motion by Townsend. Is a second? I second. Second by Padron. Discussion? All those in favor of adjournment, signify by saying aye. 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 Those opposed, signify by saying nay. Hearing no nays, we're adjourned 7-0. Thank you, everybody. Bye.